Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest is Nathaniel Nico Annan. Was born in an army base in Germany to a black Southern woman born in, in a West African man from Ghana. Nico, as he's affectionately known, was raised in Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City. He dismystifies the myths around Southern black men, black gay men, and those identifying in the non-binary space and they live four lives that they can lead. Nico originated the role of Uncle Clifford in the popular show P-Valley and played that character since 2011. To date, he is the only character that played Arthur Clifford, as well as on the television show P-Valley. The Stars Network, the award-winning series P-Valley, is back for season two. P-Valley, if you don't know, it's an engrossing drama of family, friendship, and survival. Every Sunday, you can catch it, 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. This season is richly crafted characters deal with sacrifice, ethical dilemmas, identity, family, love, trust, and betrayal, while also facing the aftermath of the decision from season one. Please work from the Money Making Conversation Masterclass for the first time, Nico Anman. How you doing, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. First you of all, know, it's my first time. Hopefully it won't be the last. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'll be <laughs> mad if, you, if you're if the last because you are, you are a star. You are a star. You are an individual. Thank you, brother. You know, you're an individual that, let's, let's talk about the character because, you know, in your bio, they said you've been playing this character or a character like this since 2011. So that means that character did not originate on the television series I've seen. You've been playing it before that. Give us some background history on your character and how did they get to that point? Because like I said, you know, because you have some great, you know, designs in your beard and all that stuff that you're not wearing right now. I have a beard. I remember I did a movie. They cut my beard a certain way. And so let's, let's talk about that character development because I'm sure it was inspired a lot by your own imagination. 
Um, it was inspired a lot by my own imagination, but uh, primarily from Katori Hall's imagination. Katori okay. uh, Hall is our showrunner and the creator of this universe that she has here, um, but here in P Valley. This actually started a little earlier than 2011, back in 2009. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I was living in New York. Um, at the time, I was an actor. I was choreographing and directing. So I was doing all three. And I was in between gigs. And I received an invitation to go to Katori's house. Uh, and she was having a salon series. She used to have this thing called Black Mondays. Because right. in the theater, it's dark on Mondays. Absolutely. So they, in, in theater language, we say it's black. Mm -hmm. um, because all the lights are off. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was she was, she had a writing fellowship at the Lark theater company. It's an off Broadway house in New York. And through that salon series, it was a group of writers, actors, musicians that just got together to read or talk about their ideas and new material that they had. And, a collective, so to speak, kind of like James Baldwin's or Neil Hurston, you right. know, the Renaissance group back in the day. Um, they were creating their own version of that. And essentially what happened, there was a lot of networking that was happening across the platform among all these different Black artists. It was not necessarily somewhat, none of us at the time were on Broadway or had big major motion picture deals. It literally was about conversation and who is it that has points of access and just different ideas. So one of her co-writers in the fellowship, Dominique Mariso, who they both since have been like Tony Award nominations and all these uh, accreditations and awards decorating them. Yes, um, she said, I'm looking for a person that kind of houses this uh, feminine energy, yet a masculine energy. I have this idea for this character. And it was all these things. And when I got there, there were five pages, man. There were five pages. And on those five pages, only two of them, Uncle Clifford was in. There was two different scenes. And it was the description of Uncle Clifford um, emerging from the shadows of the club, uh, eyelashes like butterfly wings <laughs> and nails like eagle talons. Uh, Uncle Clifford. Um, right. And so that's how it all started. Now, how tall are you? Because you're, you're, you're not a I small six guy. 6'2". Two. 6'2". Six two. I am not. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm definitely a man of size. I'm 6'2". I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, as they say, cornbread fit. You well, know like, I, mean? I just said, Nico, you know, because your, your body was introduced in the pilot. You know what I'm saying? When you was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, saw that rear look and everything. So, uh -huh. so nudity. That was nudity. How did you feel? Was mm -hmm. that an uncomfortable moment for you? You had to prepare for that moment? Talk about that in the pilot scene. I think you always have to prepare for any person that you know, you know, that as an artist in general, where you are using your body to tell the story, right. you're using your soul to tell the story. Um, I know as an artist, I am, especially, I'm going to tell you this, being a man of a certain age, I think in my 20s, it was, it could have uh, maybe messed me up a little bit more because right. I was more into the constraints of what people thought I should be. Right. But I'm a grown man now, you know, the thirties, you know, they taught me how to really be who I am and to have a level of self-acceptance. But in regards to uh, the show and how the nudity works, it's a, the show takes place in this club called the pink and it's a strip club. 
And so we're talking about these people who are marginalized and definitely have an idea. They know what they're doing and they're working in the sex work industry. And it just made sense that in this industry, there's a level of awareness and comfortability of being in one's body. And now stepping outside of that as the actor and the artist, I had to ask myself the question and I proposed it to the uh, producers in my camera test for the series, the TV series. It was more so they said, how do I feel about it? And my question to them was, when was the last time that you saw a full figured body, male or female, dark skinned, being made love to on the screen? And I felt that that image of someone being full, you know, and and being shown love, being made love to, being loving, I thought that that was just a a revolutionary visual. So I was definitely open to it, you know, and there's a process to get to it. But yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I always tell people who come on my show and also the people who watch or listen to the show, there's a process. You know, this is never, you know, you have to meet with your other cast members and set boundaries about what makes you feel comfortable, what makes that other person feel comfortable, so it can feel natural. I'm sure this happened with you on this series as well, correct? Absolutely. We definitely have intimacy coaches, and uh, the intimacy coach is the interact in the medial, in the middle, the median that works between different actors, the directors, what the script demands, and what, how do we get there. And it's really great. So I'm talking to Nico. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to call him my friend, you know, Uncle Clifford. Yeah. Uncle Clifford, because he is, is somebody who comes into your life super confident, but also is surrounded by a, a, a world of people, not just women, but a world of people, customers, who really don't, don't know what they, 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 they live in a fantasy world. And sometimes that fantasy world can be cruel. But I would tell you this, what I really like about this show, P-Valley, you see the word strip, you see the word black, you just think you're going to see a ton of nudity. And that is not the case. It's the story, it's the characters, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, late, it's the lines. Talk about that because that's what people initially think, correct? Emma? The stereotype is when you hear black club, strip club, you hear nudity, nudity, and that is not the case. I, in fact, the nudity, when I watch the series, it comes so casual that I don't notice it because I'm so engaged into the character storyline. And that's really a blessing, mm-hmm. correct, Nico? It's, it's more than a blessing. I felt like it's a, it's a necessity in the way that we had to tell the story. This is definitely, I think that Katori really wanted to make sure that there's definitely the fact that women and female bodies have really been looked at and used in a certain way in cinema specifically and over-sexualized. But here in this world, I think that there's something that we call the female gaze. And that's something that's always asked of people, the different directors that are coming on the show. That's something that uh, we think about as a cast Um, and the female gaze. That does not only pertain to the female body, but how is it that you can see the world without objectification? Right. Um, I think that through that space, you, you get to see the athleticism of these pole dancers and to see what it takes to physically do the things that they are doing to haul themselves up this pole to 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 fly around to walk on the ceiling and on clouds that's actually the big metaphor for the show the pole the pole there's a line that always says sometimes rising feels like falling 
and falling feels like rising. So the pole is actually meant to be the metaphor for life and in a way that we as black people, especially black Southerners, have existed and made it through the day. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Well, Nico, I'm going to tell you, you brought up the pole now. It's, yeah, come on. I'm going to tell you something, that Keisha. My God. Don't move too fast, because I got to give two of them outstanding credit. Keisha. Okay. And Mercedes, okay. But let's first go with Keyshawn. My, 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 my. I'm just talking from an athletic standpoint. I'm not talking from a sexual standpoint. What I'm seeing that she does on that pole, it, it has to be mouth-dropping to the cast. And where did they find her? And what is her background as an athlete? Because she has to have gymnastics in her background, correct? Why do you say that? Because of the fact she's so comfortable on a pole. She's flexible. She's able to. Mm-hmm. She's able to manipulate it. Because I, like I said, I'm not doing it justice. You have to watch the series to see what she's able to do, as far as uh, from a from a ballerina standpoint. She is yeah. really poet poetic on that pole. Yeah. You know where where Mercedes is a force. Not saying she's not mm-hmm. sexual, but she's a force. Is it? It's like yeah. watching a running back and a and a wide receiver. A wide receiver yeah. flows. You know what I'm saying? That's Keyshawn. A running back mm-hmm. can flow too, but he can hit that hole. And if you hit him, you he can knock you off. That's Mercedes. That's right. That's, That's Mercedes. Right. That's right. And That's so, right. And so, so, so you ain't gonna get me, Nico. I know you ain't gonna get me. I watch this show now. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you. No, what's, what, what's, I love that you are actually saying this. You, you use uh, the football metaphors and comparisons, and it definitely is accurate. All of the dancers, the thing about it is in a strip club, Every dancer has a different style. Yes, Some do. of the dancers are uh, well, like twerkers. So like there's a group of our core dancers and some of them run what in the club is called twerk town. Right. And twerk town are like, you know, the, the platform stages that are within the actual club, not right. on the main stage with the pole. Mm-hmm. And some of the girls work there like toy. But then when you talk about Miss Mississippi, who is played by Shannon Thornton, she is, that character is meant to be like the masterpiece. She's based off, she's called Miss Mississippi because she moves like water. Mm -hmm. And her moving (laughs) like water is rooted in the African deity of Yemeya. Uh Yemeya being the goddess of water and of power. You know, Mercedes is, like you mentioned, Mercedes is played by Brandy. Uh, Evan, I was going to say Brandy Norwood, but uh, Brandy Evan. <laughs> right, right, right. Wrong Brandy. That's the singer. <laughs> yeah. That's not my, not my friend, the singer, but my friend, the actress, Miss Brandy Evans. Okay. And she, her style of dancing is definitely much more athletic. It's definitely much more physical. And it also lends to the, the personality of the dancer, you know, uh, where there's levels of aggression or where there's level of fluidity. Uh, I think that dance, being a choreographer, and Brandy being a dancer, and Shannon having danced before. None of them danced as uh, pole dancers, but were physical dancers. Ella Rica Johnson, who plays Autumn Knight, she has an extensive background in martial arts. 
So there was a level of physicality that all of us had in our bodies. Right. Then what has to happen is that we go through a training program. We go through boot camp. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we right. literally go through boot camp, just like all of the Marvel characters, just like when you go do an action movie. There's about three to four months before we actually start filming that everybody goes to pole classes. You're going to stretch classes. Got to get your hips open. Got to get the back. You got to do all the conditioning because it tears up your hands, your knees. You get a lot of bruising and things like that. Um, and some of the girls are definitely sharing some of that background on social media that you know you guys get to see of what it all takes because the show and the world is kind of meant to be our own kind of urban Cirque du Soleil, so to speak. Well, that term's used actually in the series as well, Cirque du Soleil, and it's used to Mississippi, her character, uh, Keyshawn's role, because she's married mm-hmm. to... Um, a guy, I won't give too much of a story away, but somebody she shouldn't be, she shouldn't, I shouldn't use the word married. She's she's living with a guy who she has a child with that's not creating mm-hmm. an, an, a comfortable home life for her. And that, that, that slides into the, who I really love this guy who plays the role of Diamond. I, I You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, not often did you see a show where the the bouncer is is sensitive, but, but dangerous. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you know it's like, I look at Diamond, you know, a, a diamond, you know, it's like I, I feel that I, I could lose his, he could crush me, but then he can also pick me up and take me f- and rescue me at the same time after he's crushed me. You know what I'm saying, Nico? So talk about those characters. When you see a character like a diamond's character and then, then being able to develop that out, how, how special do you feel in the role from episode to episode to episode? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I feel great. Uh, I feel blessed. I feel really, uh, I know that this is a special time as an artist, uh, as an actor, you don't always get roles that are so rich and that are really rooted in a level of truth that represent your community, that can represent a a fraction of your life that you have been through. I think that this show, it definitely takes all the different marginalized communities, all and the marginalized within the marginalized. You know, uh, one of the beautiful things and attractive points to me about this project is that it wasn't just the women who come in and out these doors. You talked about the bouncer, our diamond, um, that's the character's name and Diamond is played by Tyler Lepley and Tyler is able to bring a level of sensitivity as well as complexity to the role coming as a former um, uh, armed officer, uh, mm-hmm. not officer in the, of the law, but uh, armed forces mm-hmm. um, and, and what that d- did to him being in the war and that, that postpartum that comes from there. Um, I think that it's also he's a, He's a, a, a root man, you know, he's a, a black man and a Southern man that was raised in knowing the powers of the earth and very strong African medicine right. um, and how that works. And sometimes you don't get to see that in an urban body, you know, right. in a contemporary body. Like, what does that look like? You know, it's not some kind of hoodoo hokey magic. It is literally something that's rooted in tradition. Like, have you ever swept your grandmother's foot by mistake? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that salt goes over the shoulder. Absolutely. You know, know, left the the purse on the the floor. Okay. The purse on the floor. Get that go boy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Those things. So, um, that those kinds of things in Southern, Southern, uh, isms are, are woven into this story. And that actually is a part of where Katori started her writing. Her writing has always used and highlighted Southern culture in all of its capacities to make it so. Here, here's the thing that really, I, first of all, I'm a former sitcom writer. I've done a lot of productions in my life. It's definitely a show that... I know that, y'all. He's uh, just being very gentle. He's being I'm about to do an ultimate compliment. <laughs> The writing, the dialogue is incredible. I mean, this is this is just that writing room or the writers on the show have created a world that is so authentic that it's incredible. And when I when I when I when I look like Lil Murder, I'm waiting for his music. You know, it is so. I'm waiting. When is it gonna drop? I'm going. When is, are they gonna drop a, a, a CD for this? Are they a soundtrack for this series? Yes. Yes, they, they literally have, we have a, uh, uh, it's on all platforms right now. It goes episode by episode. Okay. So there, every time there's new music, it is out there. And it's not only the music of the character on the show, like Lil Murder, right. but the music of the Southern artists that we have gotten to be on the soundtrack. The show literally is meant to be a platform for the community. I think that's something that a lot of people were a little shocked by. But even one of our writers that writes music for Little Murder, the artist's name is New Money. 
New Money <laughs> is a brother. <laughs> New Money is a brother. He was working um, with us during season one. And you know what he was doing? Uh-uh. He, he was working at the food station. He was making our omelets. He was making wow. eggs. And one morning, we were there getting our breakfast. And, you know, he told Alphonse, J. Alphonse Nicholson, who is the actor who plays Lil Murder. Right. And he had told him, he was like, yo, man, I know you playing a rapper on the show. You know, I got some music. I got some music. <laughs> and so you got some music. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Because people say that to you all the time. Absolutely. Right? And so what happened was he handed him, he sent him some music. He, he uh, you know, DM'd him the music or whatever. Alphonse went to go listen to the music. He heard it. He played it for one of our producers, Patrick. Patrick Ian Pope, one of the co-EPs. He then forwarded that on to Pretori Hall. And before you knew it, the song was worked in. He was brought on board. He's a writer. And here we are in season two. And this brother's life has changed. So again, just like I got put on with this project through a level of networking across from knowing Dominique Mariso, someone who I went to high school with. Right. She then knowing Katori Hall, who was someone she's in a writer's uh, 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 program with at the Lark Theater. And here I am. And then Antoine, <laughs> a.k.a. New Money, he was just working, getting a job. Right. Just get a job, but still connected to your passion, speaking it, that then turned into something where he now, as a writer and a musician himself, has elevated his platform and is bringing all this music to you. You know, it's just, it just is a, a testament to how we can move as a community. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I, I would tell you something. Uh, the, the music is fantastic. The, the characters are fantastic. You know, when you say grandma, I'll be remiss, Nico, if I don't bring up Loretta <laughs> Devine. Okay? I'll be remiss if I don't bring up that character, brother. I love That's this lady. Grandma. Come on. Come on. That's my girl right there, man. You know, she starred yeah. on Netflix's Family Reunion and so many other series, <laughs> you know, been around. Yeah. Uh, came from the University of Houston. We're back in Houston, Texas, back in the day, <laughs> a.k.a. True and True. Tell us about Are you from Houston? Absolutely, my friend. Out of Houston, okay. Texas. Okay, okay. Absolutely. So seeing her and seeing her play this 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 uh, this role, which is, is as is Isaiah Washington, who was on the first season. Oh. He's from Houston, Texas, Missouri City. Uh, which is a yep. suburb of Houston, Texas. So, so talk about yep. that relationship and her character. Working with Loretta Divine, <laughs> I always say is simply divine. Right. A- um, I, I had a, on a vision board to work with her on. I didn't know what project. You know, this was just something that I, I just always loved her spirit and her zeal. Um, when I met her. It was even more. It was even more. She is such a rich treasure. Like she's like a national treasure to 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 us as a people. I can't. I can't. I wanted to just say to me, but I don't want to hold her to myself. Um, when we work together, it is awesome. It is so much fun. We always have a level. I tend to do this. Generally, uh, when I'm playing Uncle Clifford, there's a lot of improv that happens prior to. We always do improv scenes prior to the scenes to get us in the flow because we just want to be in the moment. Um, 
I am from Detroit, as you mentioned earlier, but my family is rooted in, in the, the South. South. Absolutely. You know, Detroit is just nothing but up South. Yes, it is. Down yes, South. it is. <laughs> you know, so, so there's a level of, of comfortability that we have with one another and we really just bounce off and she's able to really just be there and drop in. Sometimes we I, I actually forget that, you know, we're not really related right. in real life. You know, yeah, I, I, but, you know, she's amazing. I'm talking to Nico. He's one of the stars in an incredibly popular series of stars network called the P-Valley. You can catch it every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific time. I always try to educate myself. I always try to uplift. I always try to bring information to the show that we all need to be aware of. And I also learned mm-hmm. there's a, a level of respect we have to have for everybody. And I, in your introduction, I said he, dis, de, he demystifies the myth around Southern black men, black gay men, and those identifying mm-hmm. in the non-binary space and uh, who live full lives. Uh, as, as we close out this interview, please explain to us exactly the importance of that and what are you trying to, what, what am I trying to say when I say that, what I just said? I think what you are saying to me, how I receive it, is that it is a new day. It is a time where we, regardless of how you identify, I think it's a time where we can see all of us, when we can acknowledge all of us, and when we can talk about it. Um, I come from a time from when it used to be the question of, are you sweet? Mm-hmm. Or do you have sugar in your tank? Mm-hmm. Or back in the day, uh, even Red Fox on Sanford and Son, he was like, you know, he's a little. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, there were things that people always talked about. And I think that the importance of today is that we really get to be able to meet each other human being to human being. The character that I play, Uncle Clifford, is non-binary. And that's a person who is equally accepting of all of the things they cannot be held into a, a, a restrictive box. And I think when you have a question of how someone identifies, you simply do that. You can ask. That is the level of respect because one of the things I find with playing Uncle Clifford, that no matter who you are or where you come from, you respect her. I think you respect her because you see her. So you see this body that is Six two. You see this dark skin, these full lips, you see this beard, but you see this pretty face and you see these nails and you're like, what's going on? But you see someone walking with a level of confidence and clarity, yes. even more so. And it's not even about um, any kind of bravado. You know what I mean? I think because when you see a woman that is walking in her full femininity, think that she has to be soft or you, she has to be in a pants suit to have authority. Right. You understand what I mean? Right. And you don't think that a, a brother, that he has to be wearing a muumuu right. <laughs> to be in touch with his feelings. You can be who you are in your sweatpants, in your athletic socks, in your business suit, <laughs> in your muumuu, all of the things. Your speedos, anything. Think, oh, that's right. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> Especially for us as a community. I feel so proud for this moment, honestly, brother, because there are people who still have high levels of homophobia. Absolutely for sure. But I, what I do know about this time that I'm living in and this project is that there are people who are willing to make a change that are opening their minds, that are opening their, their, their minds, not only to the LGBTQ plus community and the full spectrum that we have, 
you know, between bisexual, pansexual, trans, as well as pansexual, you know, that I like it all. I think that, I think that people have really stigmatized sex workers and pole dancers for so long. And then they watch this program and they're like, oh, they're real people just like me. They're going, they're working their way through school. They're taking care of their children or they're helping their, their grandparents, their caretakers. You know, you can go to the dentist and you not know that your dentist used to be up on the pole right. or your dentist used to be diamond at a club. We all have a history, but we also have the power to rewrite our future. Right. Absolutely. But Nico, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to give you a voice. I wanted to say thank you for allowing me to be entertained every Sunday. And if I, if I miss it on Sunday, mm-hmm. I, I, I see it on repeat on my streaming. <laughs> But uh, great character. You catch it on the half. I love well, it. Well, you know, the thing I, I like you know, as we close this interview out is that your character's not over the top. It's a character I found mm-hmm. very realistic, you know, and but mm-hmm. you just playing who you are. And I think that's what you just said. Just being the person who you are. It doesn't have to be dressed a certain way. You can wear, you're the same person in a, in a, in a, in a kulaks. You're the same person in shorts. You're the same person in a dress. You're the same person in a suit. Same person with the blonde wig. You're the same person. It's just being administered in a different look. And that's the exciting part about this show is that P-Valley is a show with a different look. It's set in a small town, fictional city in Mississippi. The music is great. The acting is great. The drama is great. More importantly, you will fall in love with the characters. If you can't find Stars Network, find it. Drop that app. But more importantly, on Sunday night, Drop that app so you can see this show. Thank you for taking the time to come on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. You are a star, and not only on P-Valley, but you're just a star in real life. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And if you want to see or hear any episodes of Money Making Conversation Masterclass, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>